With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet, every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Oh, shit. I said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. It is Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Oh, um, missed last week. Uh, I was definitely under the weather. Um, you know, a couple things happened. Basically, um, oh, man, it's fucked up because, well, I mean, I guess I'll get on to the guest thing in a minute. But um, I uh, started last week with a fucking bang, man. I, I started out the week, fucking started up my new um, workout regimen on Monday, right? Bam. Hit it up. Good shit. You know, all, all charged up, ready to go into my whole new routine, right? And, uh, well, Tuesday, I got hit with, like, a fucking, some kind of stomach flu. 
completely ruined my fucking, you know, there's no way I could have went to the gym. I mean, you know, uh, you know, any, anyone who's dealt with the stomach flu knows you can't start picking fucking moving around weights like you, you know, unless you, uh, I don't know, show up at the gym with a fucking diaper or something. I don't know how that's going to work out, but, um, so that didn't work. And then, um, by Wednesday, I think I, I had pretty much gotten through it, but, um, I had now that I had like a throat and a stomach, uh, like a throat thing. And I, I don't know. I just didn't feel good. I, like I just got hit with whatever was going around last week, you know? So, um, I was like, all right, let me, you know, fucking, uh, take this week off or whatever. So, um, uh, I was supposed to have Leo rush on last week. Um, and I, I went to reschedule and everything, but, um, I, I just talked to him earlier. Well, you know, uh, messaged with him earlier or whatever and I'm not going to be able to get Leo Rush on the show um, we have just a, a scheduling conflict as far as um, you know what time is good for me what time is good for him so you know understandable um, you know things happen it doesn't line up uh, perfectly for everyone and uh, you know everybody has their own life I mean it is what it is uh, you know I wish to do the best and you know I'm a fan uh, he, he's absolutely killing it. You're going to hear a ton from that dude, you know, over the years. And, uh, you know, maybe some things will change up in the schedule or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then maybe I'll have him on in the future. But um, as of, like, a, you know, current or, you know, anytime soon, it's not going to happen. So just, just to give you guys a heads up because, you know, I, I don't say someone's going to come on the show when uh, they're not. And um, I, I surely planned on him having him on the show. He initially agreed to it. But um, like I said, just scheduling conflict and um no big deal. So um so that's that. Um on another note, man, um this fucking Adele song that that uh that's out and you know, it's a huge hit, top of the charts, all this and you know, so many women are running around and identifying it with it. Does this not just point out how many stalkers there are uh, in the country? And, and I mean it, it's gotta be worldwide that this song is, is blown up. I mean, seriously. When she's screaming about calling a motherfucker 1,000 times, does no one else see this as a problem? Like, it, it might be something that would, you know, gain you a restraining order? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's me. I, I don't know why so many people are identifying with that one, the phone 1,000 times to the same number. Um, I mean, it would probably take me an entire year. Uh, I, I don't think I make a 1,000 calls in a year, to be honest with you. So, um you know, if this broad is calling people a thousand times, it, it, it's probably something that should be looked into rather than celebrated in a fucking song that everybody loves so much. I mean, hey, she's a, she's a great artist, and, um, you know, I, I like her songs and everything. It's a great song, don't get me wrong, but um, you gotta you got to think that some of the words of her songs are a little bit troubling on, uh, you know, what, what could be going on with her, you know? So uh, just a thought, but Jesus Christ, everybody who identifies with that, um, yeah, maybe uh, keep them at somewhat of a distance. You know, don't don't get too close to any uh, women that strongly bond with that song because uh, it's probably going to be hard getting rid of them. You know, God forbid you don't want to talk to them again. It's it's going to be an issue. So, uh, you know, this is uh, something that should just be uh, you know kept in mind. Look, um, another uh, topic. Um, Odell Beckham. Now, I've been saying it for a while. This this dude is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He is also one of the gayest wide receivers in the history of football. Now, look, 
I don't have a problem with gay people. Um, and, and I'm not a politically correct dude either. So a lot of it, it comes off as funny to me. You know what I mean? I, it's not my lifestyle. So if a, if a dude is looking at another dude like like they're a chick, to me it's funny. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just that shit's not normal to me. You know what I mean? So the shit comes off as type of funny. And, you know, the more flamboyant and, you know, like that type of thing that, that the gay dudes act, the shit is funny. You know what I mean? So, and it is what it is, man. You can call it, you know, homophobic or this or that. But when it comes down to it, you know, I would never do anything that would hurt a gay person. Um, as for, you know, I would never do anything to, you know, um, you know, hold them back for some, from something or deny them something or, or, you know, discriminate against in that way. As far as like my feelings were hurt because you said such and such, go fuck yourself because everybody gets their feelings hurt. Everyone gets made fun of. Everybody has, you know, some shit, you're fat people, hey, you're fucking fat. You know, it, it turns into like a whole thing where like all of a sudden they're not allowed to get their feelings hurt because they're gay. And to me, that's bullshit. I don't give a fuck who you are. Everybody can get their fucking feelings hurt. I've had my feelings hurt a million times, and I didn't have, you know, some kind of flag to throw in people's face and call them racist or bigoted or, or whatever the case is. It is what it is, man. It, if you're not someone that's going to, you know, hamper someone or, you know, um, hold back someone's success or, you know, or have like a legitimate hatred towards somebody – and it's just a matter of words or how you feel about some shit or you think something's comical. It is what it is. And, again, take offense if you want, but I'm also not the motherfucker that's going to hurt your life. You know what I mean? It, it, just live your shit. I think, you know, they should all be able to get married. The whole deal, you know, should be no different than anybody else. Same token, take a joke like fucking anybody else. But, anyway, look, Odell Beckham is, is one fruity motherfucker, man. And I've decided um, in light of all of the things that I've seen and compiled of Odell Beckham, I, I'm going to try to switch off from no homo to no Beckham. So that, that's that's going to be my new thing I'm trying to get going here. Um, so just, you know, keep up with that. But, yo, man, there's a video of this dude. They're doing, like, the trade jerseys thing after the game. And, you know, if you've never seen this, it's like, you know, when the game's over, a lot of times the two teams will come together. Congratulations after the game. And then two cats just have mutual respect for each other on the field. They, they'll pull off their jerseys and trade jerseys. So you get this dude's gameplay jersey, and that dude gets your gameplay jersey. You know, and a lot of these NFL players, you know, collect these joints, and they have, you know, another dude who they respect's jersey, which is, you know, some fucking valuable shit. But, again, when you play in the league, it's like, you know, mutual respect. And it means even more, you know than just buying somebody's game you just jersey. It's someone, you know, gave that shit to you and wanted yours too. So, you know, it's a thing that they've done for a long time or whatever. So that thing's going on, and it's not him who's trading the jersey, but it's, it's two other dudes. And I, and I don't really know who the other dude was, but he takes off his shirt, you know, to trade his jersey. And, uh, you know, Odell Beckham's over there, and, and he goes to smack the dude on the ass. And then the dude goes to bend down. I don't know if he's pining his shoe or what. Odell Beckham looked down at this motherfucker like – like he was food. Like he 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 went on some like, and this is the thing with Odell, man. You could be gay and all that stuff. He's on some gay predator shit, man. Like he he stood over this dude like he was in prison, and he was like, you know, fucking shook his head like, God damn, it, it, shit was kind of scary. You know what I mean? Because 
fuck, man, even if you're gay, like, you shouldn't be preying on motherfuckers on the field and shit. Like, you know, there's a certain level of professionalism. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, this dude is crazy. So I've seen that. Okay, so that's that's one thing, man. And I'm telling you, like, I don't know if I'm explaining it properly, but if you've seen the fucking video, you just look at the way he looked and go, oh, shit, you know? But, um... He's got other videos where he's dancing, like, him and another dude without their shirt on, like, dancing in some fucking studio apartment or some shit. And um, they're, they're doing some old, like, half-naked kid-and-play shit where they're fucking, man, some some silly shit. You know what I mean? Um, there's another shit where, um, yeah, another, like, apartment dancing video. They they make, he makes a lot of, like, him and another dude dancing with their shirts off in an apartment. I, I mean, again... You call it what you want to call it, but um, and he's doing like this little like prancing move. It's like a little, like a little prance. Yeah, you know I mean? he's like like normal dudes don't just prance around like that. So he he's got that one. I seen another video with him. Um, who the fuck was it in the in the in the fucking club? Oh man, he was in the club with somebody. Uh, Trey Songs, I think it was, or some shit. And he's, like, standing behind him like it's his girlfriend and shit, and they do fucking dancing together, and it, it's just, there's a lot of shit going on with this dude. So, and, and you know, plus, the, you know, the blonde fucking hair dye. But, I mean, if if it was just one of these things, maybe you could pull it aside and go, eh, you know, maybe, you know, teach their own, whatever. And still teach their own, but there there's no way that that dude's a straight guy. So, um, that that's just my thoughts. And, my other thing is this. My other reason for bringing it up is this. Because if I think if that dude came out of the fucking closet, the gay people would have something to celebrate that's fucking substantial. See, you know, Michael Sam, he comes out of the closet because he's going into the draft, and he wasn't shit. He wasn't worth shit to play in the NFL. The dude never belonged in the NFL. The fact that he came out of the closet gave him eligibility to go in the NFL because all of a sudden, you know, you get that, like, no discrimination type shit. And then all of a sudden, gay people are like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, you know, we got our guy here. Yeah, go Michael Sam. You know, I bet he sold a bunch of fucking jerseys. I, you know, I don't think he plays for the NFL no more. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he made it past his fucking rookie season. I don't even know if he started a game in the NFL. The dude never belonged in the NFL. So this is the type of dude to get tailed and celebrated for coming out as gay, you know, professional football player and this and this. That's some bullshit. You know what I mean? He don't even belong in the league. It is what it is, man. He He could be... With whoever he wants, that's on him. But Beckham comes out as gay, man. This motherfucker, man, he he's one of the best fucking wide receivers in the NFL. You watch this guy play, he just makes extraordinary plays. His fucking, his athleticism is off the fucking chain. You know what I mean? So there's something to fucking celebrate there. You know, I've always thought G-Men stood for, G- for gay men. You know what I mean? And And he's helping to solidify that with everybody else who might have thought it meant something else, but that's besides the point. I mean, I I think Odell Beckham could, I mean, imagine the pink jersey sales, you know? (laughs) Um, I I mean, (laughs) I'm just saying, he could do a lot. He could do a lot as far as, like, really, um, you know, know, I'm obviously joking a lot, but in the same token, I, I really think he can help um, the LGBT um, community, you know what I mean, by by fucking coming out there and being proud of his shit, man, because there's, there's no way that that fucking guy is straight, 
and at least fucking own that shit, and then, you know what I mean, represent it, and then everybody else can celebrate with you and shit. You know, I mean, that's that's just me. That dude is on some shit right there. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else I got? Uh, well, basically just wanted to do this show, and I wanted to get into the CZW, uh, ah, man, the, the, the NOI, every time I read it, it's like Nation of Intoxication, Night of Infamy, da da Because still, like, Night of Infamy to me means fucking Zandig, Wife Beater, I Quit Match, you know, um, damn near every stipulation, the arena, crazy, one of the craziest shit you'll ever see. Um, it's just been an overused, ridiculous, um, uh, it, I, I don't like the titles. I, I don't like when the titles just get beaten to death to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, Night of Infamy is not Night of Infamy anymore. Like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's the, it's the precursor to Cage of Death. So, if anything, it's a lesser show because, I mean, you have the biggest show of the year. And, man, you got to give it up to Zandig and, and his thought process back then because he did. He did put on one of the craziest fucking matches you've ever seen the month before his fucking WrestleMania of Cage of Death. So, I mean, it was a ballsy move, but it's not something I, I don't think it's something you should do on a yearly basis. And, and then, of course, it's not going to be, and it's not going to live up to the expectation by continuously calling it Night of Infamy. Just like Deja Vu. Like, you know, it loses its fucking aura. I, I mean, if you put those type of things away, come up with whatever names you're going to, you know, focus on building your company, focus on building your storylines, making everything mean something. And if you want to pull those old titles that used to mean a certain thing out when they're going to mean that type of thing, then have at it. But just to put those things out there, you you lay out an expectation for your shows that's something that you're not even – that's not even in your agenda to live up to a certain expectation there. You just, you're doing whatever else you're going to do, but now because you put that title on it, you already have people thinking something different. And I, I don't think it's even fair to yourself to do that type of thing. So that that's always just been my opinion on this Night of Infamy, Deja Vu, all of this nonsense. Keep your best of the best. Keep your tournament of death because those things are going to stay strict to what they were meant to be. Keep your cage of death. That is what it is. All this using shit to the death. I mean, Tangled Web works too because it's going to have that, you know, it's going to have that uh, Tangled Web main event. But even at some of those years, they broke off and like, oh, well, we got a little bit of barbed wire. I don't know about the Tangled Web. So maybe that shouldn't be an every year thing unless you guys are really, you know, ready to put on some Tangled Web shit. Because even this year, they had their couple little spider web, um, almost like a Caribbean spider web slash tack strip contraption on the one side. But other than that, it was just fucking scaffold and barbed wire and, and all that fucking madness. I mean, it was a crazy fucking match. But as far as, like, Tangled Web for a while was, like, massive amounts of fucking, like, hanging barbed wire. Like, when, when they had, like, the cage sides and then they were fucking done up with the barbed wire hanging off the hanging off the ring you know, like half suspended. I mean, that was like the Tangled Web shit. And then it became like less and less. And like, I think it was like two years ago, they did like barbed wire boards. Like, dude, that's not fucking Tangled Web. What are you, nuts? You know? Um, So, again, I think you guys kind of like beat yourself in the head with your own gimmick. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's really about the product. And if you just make it more about the product, then people can focus on that. If you make it about 
the history and the legacy of a certain thing before you even kick the show off, you, you know, you're kind of beating yourself before you get to the show. Um, so I'll get into uh, Night of Infamy in a minute. Um, but big, big happening over um, over this, this uh, since I, I've, since I've been off or whatever, whatever you want to say, since I last did a show. Sammy Callahan, Solomon Crow released from the WWE. Now, now, this was something that I saw coming a long, long time, because you figure this. Sammy Callahan went into NXT before NXT really blew up. NXT kind of really took its full, you know, full ignition and really took, took full force kind of right towards the end of Heroes, Yo, uh, I almost said Yoko Ono, Cassius Ono's um, run. Um, you know, when Hero was right towards the end of his uh, his whole deal, and maybe even after Hero left, is when they really, really started to catch um, catch fire and get that, that huge attention. Um, you know, they started to do those big, you know, I don't know, they call them like televised events or live events or whatever you want to call them special events, um, the NXT shows, uh, the TakeOver shows. So they started doing that, like, right towards the end down there. Like I said, I'm not really sure to pinpoint exactly what time, but it was it was towards the end or right after Hero left. Now, Sammy was already there, and Sammy got no, um, no TV time. I had heard that he got injured at some point, but um, for the injury, after the injury, dude never got any play. There's guys that, that came in there, like Finn Balor came in there, rose from the fucking the early card to the main event to the champion in no time. Um, Neville did the same thing. I mean, these are guys that all got in there after Sammy Callahan. Um, you know, Sammy Callahan's a tremendously talented performer. I mean, he's one of my very favorites. Believe me, I you know, I have that bittersweet kind of um, – you know, feeling about it. I'm, I'm extremely happy to see him back on the Indies because he's absolutely one of my favorite guys to watch, if not my favorite guy to watch on the Indies. But, you know, I want to see all these guys succeed. I'm not a selfish guy that way where I'm like, well, Goosh Mox was back on the Indies. Like, no, dude, I love seeing him on. And when I see, like, those guys on a main event of a pay-per-view for WWE, like, that shit is awesome. To see, you know, Dean Ambrose on fucking television, to see Brody Lee on television, even Drake reffing shit on television is just awesome, you know? And, um, you know, I was hoping Sammy would be up there, too, obviously. You know, us indie marks all had the, uh, well, fuck, man, if he can get back in there with Mox and all this, and he's doing so good, if they can click back up. Of course, you know, we always have those thoughts to kind of continue what we knew on the indies, but... You know, just to see this guy succeed at any level would have been pretty fucking awesome. Um, I I don't know anything. Like, I don't know any insider info. I don't know any behind-the-scenes anything. My guess was always that someone behind the scenes weren't high on him. Um, again, that's just my speculation because I don't, I don't know anything. Um, but something had to be up because, like, all these other guys got their shot and they got elevated and they got um, – NXT TV time, quote-unquote, because, um, again, not even really, you know, TV, TV, it's all through the network, but they weren't even putting him on that as far as being featured. Other guys were rising right up from the NXT dark matches all the way up to the top of the cards and then headlining their their special events. 
some of the guys have moved to the main roster. I mean, look what, what um, Kevin Owens has done in, in his short amount of time. The guy won, uh, he attacked um, Sami Zayn the first night in, won the title, like the next time out. So there's obviously guys who right off the bat they have high hopes for and they have a, you know, a big plan for. They, um, they stuck Sammy with the, uh, the hacker gimmick. And I don't know who came up with the hacker gimmick, if that was Sammy's deal, if that was, um, you know, WWE's deal, but they never really, you know, took flight with it. They never, you know, developed it into something that was really heavily pushed, you know, and I did hear a couple of times that they did give him a little bit of the, you know, TV time. He was getting crowd reactions. So, you know, cause the NXT crowd is very indie friendly. You put any one of the guys that are well-known on the indies on the NXT roster and put them out there, and the crowd fucking pops. I mean, every time, it's pretty flawless. Um, So it it was always surprising to me that he really never got push or that that big uh, chance in NXT. So it it came as no surprise to me that he was released um, or that he asked for his release. Again, I don't really know, know fully how it happened. He's he's not there anymore. That's you know that much I could say. I'm obviously going to try to get him back on the show. You know I I've uh, you know spent some time with Sammy in the past. We've always been really cool. Um, he's been on the show in the past, hence you know the, the open to the show as always. But um, yeah, I'm happy to see Sammy back on the Indies. But again, I wish he you know he would have really blew up in the WWE. He's young though, so I mean. You know, who knows what's going to go on in the future. He's going to fucking kill it on the indies, though. Um, You know, there's a lot of different things that have been said now since he's been released. Uh, It seems like there's a lot of bitter wrestlers out there and a lot of fans who just feel like they know what he should be doing with his career and with his life. And and I don't think that's really fair. Um, Obviously, he's coming off of a, you know, a big situation with NXT and being under contract for all that time. Now, I mean, the money coming off of WWE is fucking tore your ass off. Hit every date. Everyone wants you on their card. Book everything and just work everywhere. There's not a, there's not a loyalty on the indies where you say, all right, well, CZW was his home, and, you know, he, he really worked so much for CZW that he should – he should uh, skip, you know, four dates before the Cage of Death event and make that his return. It's like, well, it doesn't work like that anymore. Um, that, you know, the CZW, I'm sure, I, you know, I don't work there. You know, I'm not writing checks or, well, not checks, but I don't, you know, hand out money envelopes or, or I'm not in the business to know that. But I think it's pretty safe to say that the CZW pay standalone is not enough to be skipping bookings. You know, a single indie booking is not enough to just call it a day and say, well, I'm doing pretty well for myself. I mean, the best money you can, you can make is taking every fucking booking, working two, three shows on a weekend and all that. I believe his first show, he went to AAW and after the main event, which I think was Eddie Kingston, who's their champion versus somebody, he went in there and attacked Eddie Kingston after the uh, after the match, setting up you know Sammy Eddie Kingston in the future and um, and fucking um, you know cut his promo. Awesome, you know what I mean big reaction everything. Um, then some kind of thing I think two CW, whoever their champion was was out there cutting a promo. Lights go off, 
people chant a bunch of random things, Super Dragon and whatnot. Um, turns on, Sammy's in the ring, people go bananas. Sammy squashes the champion, boom, he's holding the title, he's got the title now. So he's 2CW champion, and he's set up to fight um, Eddie Kingston for the AAW title as well. So, you know, Sammy's going to be on an absolute tear, you know, and I wish him the best. He's going to be fucking everywhere. Um, so, obviously, you know, CZW KG Death coming up next weekend, they've announced Sammy Callahan will make his return. Uh, and I'm very excited for it. Um, like I said, I expect him to hit fucking every avenue possible. You see, you know, he, I'm sure he'll be back in Gorilla before you know it. Um, you know, who knows? Um, Evolve, possibly. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. But, um, He's going to be in high demand, and, you know, I wish that dude the best in that. Um, as far as, you know, there was another guy. I'm not going to, you know, just put everybody on blast, but uh, there was another guy, who, you know, put out there, and, again, it just comes off like bitterness uh, and said, oh, you know, is every promotion that a guy works in after he leaves the WWE going to be his home fed? And, um, I mean, again, I don't really know where that type of comment comes from because, look, Sammy worked the shit out of a lot of fucking companies. Like, he worked heavy rotation for a lot of companies. He's obviously from Ohio, so companies from out that way are going to be kind of considered home-fed. CZW, he made a really big break in CZW. Um, he made big moves in IWA Mid-South. Um, I, I don't think he's been booked there just yet, but um, he, he's done a lot of big things in a lot of companies. So... For any one of these companies to treat him like, oh, Sammy's coming home, kind of like a home to the indies. But any company that he comes back to, well, shit, that's that's their homecoming. So you could take it in that aspect. But in the same token, look, any face is going to love the town they're in, you know, just, just for the sake of, uh, you know, a, a cheap face pop. They're going to love the town they're in, and every heel is going to say, this is the shittiest town I've ever been in. So it, it's classic, you know, uh, how, how you get over as far as, like, your cheap pop, your cheap, you know, heat, whatever. You go at, you know, favoring the town or the place where you're working. It's just, it's normal shit. Every, you know, rock stars go into every city and grab them like, ah, fucking Detroit, you know, like fucking, <laughs> you act like they're from every city they play in. It's just, I, I don't see where the, you know, the big um, question mark would fall over people's heads with that type of shit. You know, a guy coming off of the big contract situation, like I said, he's in high demand. So to act like he's in the place to be, you know, when he shows up and, and the fans to take it as like, yeah, fucking Sammy's coming back. Like, fucking settle down. Jesus Christ. I figure if these guys were in as big a demand, there wouldn't be anything being said from their camp. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I just, I think, you know, there's a lot of bitterness out there. And, um, like I said, I'm just happy to see Sammy, uh, you know, coming back and see him in live action again. And, um, so yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much that. Um, oh man, fucking <laughs> DJ Hyde, um, before I get into the, the Night of Infamy show, DJ Hyde, this, this guy, he cracks me the fuck up, man. This is a guy who, he, he talks a lot of shit, man. Like, he he tries to put himself on a pedestal. He tries to put himself in a position where he he's really special. Well, to himself, he definitely is. But, all right, DJ goes on the fucking mic. 
at, uh, you know, what the fuck? That was uh, Tangle Web. He went on uh, the mic and, you know, it was during Jake's whole farewell promo. And <laughs> he says some shit like, you know, Jake is family to me. And Jake is, you know, Jake is so special. He's like a brother to me. He's this, he's that. And I get on the phone with Jake. And, and again, I never understand why he has to make it about himself. But that's DJ. That's what DJ is all about. You know, he's not about, you know, showcasing the talent and making them look like the star. He, he's got to get a piece of it and try to drag himself into a situation, whether it's somebody's retirement, whether it's somebody's return. It's always DJ trying to make himself involved because nobody else would book him like that but DJ. So he gets on the fucking mic and starts talking about, you know, me and Jake are like brothers. And, man, when I get on the phone with Jake, he tells me, I love you, man. And Jake doesn't just say that to anybody. Now, the first thing Jake says when he grabs the mic to give his speech is, I love every one of you guys out there, which cracked me the fuck up. Like, I'm sitting there live fucking dying because DJ just got finished saying he doesn't say that to everybody, and he just told the entire crowd and everybody on iPay-Per-View that he loved every one of them. So I, I just thought that was really, really comical. Now, going forward from that, Jake also explained his reason for retirement is because he was having his his wife was having a baby girl, and he wasn't going to miss her childhood, and that you know wrestling is taking childhoods away, and it, he's not taken away from you know from his daughter that's going to be born. Daughter was said several times. Now. That's that's to anybody out there listening. That's to anybody watching. That's to anybody listening. So all those people know. Now clearly, all his family knows. All his coworkers know. And DJ, he's like family, right? So um, DJ's daughter, or not DJ's daughter, Jake's daughter is born, and people are giving their congrats, and people are giving their congrats. DJ gives his congrats. I'd like to give my congratulations to Jake, Chris, and Nevea on their new son being born. What the fuck? I mean, this dude is just on some serious clown shit. I just, I, I don't understand. I mean, that's not like a, that's not autocorrect. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, brother, brother, like family, brother, brother. I mean, you can't even get the sex of, Someone you're calling family's fucking child right. What kind of shit is that, man? It's it's such a front. There's so much that's just said by this dude that's just not genuine. And that's the thing about me. I mean, some people might call me a dick or whatever the case is, but what I say is fucking genuine. You know what I mean? I feel a certain way. I say a certain thing. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You can like it or hate it or whatever, but you know I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not just saying shit to your face or I'm not just saying shit to the world to make it sound good. That's 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 fake to me. And I don't I don't know how to be fake. I don't understand it. I don't know why someone would want to live their life like that. And and DJ, you know, he could play his brother this and brother that, and this guy's family and that guy's family, but it's it, it's some pretty fucking major details like that that really stands out to everybody else who you might be talking to or broadcasting your fucking, your heartfelt sentiments to, and it just, it comes off fucking ridiculous. And, you know, I'll get into some other shit about, you know, DJ and his little fucking posts and and, and bullshit on Facebook too, 
because it, it it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's just the way he carries himself is ridiculous. I all I all I ask out of anybody is just be fucking genuine. I mean, stand by what the fuck you believe in and be what you be. Um, you know, I I don't expect to agree with everybody in the world, but at least be fucking genuine. Shit, you know, be what the fuck you are. So that that's just me now. Look, all right, play um. I'm gonna play this uh this track. This I just heard about this dude. Um this dude's name, he's a Jewish dude from Philly. And his name is Lil Dicky and I I never heard of him before. And I saw this, this freestyle he did on um I guess Sway and Tech and this dude could fucking flow. Now when I um I you know, I checked this out and so then I, I went and I, I downloaded his album because he's got album and two mixtapes out. And I still haven't really got deep, deep into a bunch of it. But he's he does like pretty much like a comedic type style when it comes down to his albums and stuff. So to me, I mean, he, he'll lose me a little bit on that, actually quite a bit on that, because I like the shit to be. You know, a lot more thorough. That's just the way I like my rap. I don't like too much jokey stuff. And that's where I think Eminem loses credit with a lot of people, even though I think he's one of the best rappers fucking going in, and of all time, really. Eminem's lyrical ability is definitely one of the best ever. Um, he's, he's fucking crazy. But, you know, he gets a little too goofy and jokey sometimes, and then people stop taking him seriously. So, and, and I think Lil Dicky is... Uh, I mean, that's, that's what he's going for. It's not like he's accidentally slipping into this or that. That's, that's what he's going for. And, you know, on on one side of things, I definitely like it because he's, um again, with the genuine. He's being genuine. He's not trying to pretend like he's some crazy hood street cat. He's saying, like, yo, I'm fucking Jewish. Like, I ain't come up from the same shit, but, you know, here, here it is, though. And, um, you know, he's got some funny shit. I heard a couple funny tracks that he did. And uh, he's got one with Snoop that's pretty tight. And um but yeah, this is this is the freestyle right here that he did on the um and you know, it's written shit that he you know, threw out there, but um that he did on the Swain Tech things. Check this out, dude. This, this cat's got flow. You look at him, you would never think like this dude could rap or he's about to rap or any of that type of shit, but check it out. Swain him Hey. Look I like to play it cool like I'm not that. On the low, who'd assume that I got that? I don't know, but the dude with the tough rap looking all loofy and all that, even Babe Ruth wouldn't call that. I don't even sweat it though. Baby has the tenors of my credit low, but shit'll hit him quicker than the edible. I'm about to run for Senate, ho. You don't even send a vote. Been on top of cheese, I ain't talking about oregano. I'm talking about your cheddar, homie. I hear the college and I'm fucked like I'm pledging a frat. They about to silhouette my nuts on American flags. A story content to Moya Stupendo. Everybody know the cat like a dope meme I got him buzzing up the crack like a dope fiend They saw him come up with a Mac, yeah I'm so Steve Nowadays bitches trying crack, got him OD How them hoes wanna get it with L They know it's cold enough to charge like a letterman sale If they gon' stand behind them bars, I'm in federal jail I'm going far like a general mail Swear I got the fella saying what up, the tape what up Same motherfucker playing with a steak cutter I'm great shut up, the flowing no debate, just us I'm out of shape but I'm straight to fuck You know I got a chicken in the condo I was sick of getting off beat, she a bongo She playing with the heart D, Rondo, going inside her all sweet like a strongbow, how I'ma do, I got your ex coming next like a W do, I got a flex, I'm the best, now I'm being direct, I'm unimpressed by these bitches that I see in the press, I'm kind of vexed by the trash like I'm cleaning the mess, cause they is real when they rap as a chi is a pet, old news stocks plummet, men 
Bird leg hair, they don't cut it. Forget about your air, past summit. Best ratings, I'm trying to get it. Hunting bitches that fuck with the spitting religious. Like a couple of us marital Christians. Beneficial dick, but better living. Better dig it like you bitches got a mill in a ditch. And I'm killing this shit, I've been ticking like a villainous ninja. Gripping when I run it, how the fuck I be slipping? I be intimate with them hoes, she never flummoxed. Take chick, pee and smash, I call her hummus. And I be funny with this shit, I'm just playing. Still nobody fucking with the kid, I'm just saying. Oh, got a chicken parm on a date, you seen. But I don't even know the bra, she just grating the cheese. I don't even got a job, I just blazing free. But still, to get a boy bands 98 degrees, so come fuck with me. Got a couple hundred bitches doing drugs with me. I got a couple dozen bitches trying to hug Dicky. And I got a couple bitches who be steady fucking me. Hey, that's a good ass life. Only thing I got left, find a good ass wife. But y'all, I gotta hit these hoes first, don't tell mom. In a year, I'ma bend over Michelle Obama. I gotta do it while I'm hot. Trying to get blue in most states like Barack. I'm trying to show a boo the last name of the rock. And put it on D2 with yo JY. Wow. I never hit the scene when I do them how I'm wasted. I'm fucking with them jeans, let them be just how I wasted. I run around your team. You a player, but I'm Naismith. I command V. Why you copy? I just taste it. Face it. Hotel, got them puffing on the L, going harder than some hell, you ain't knew it. If everybody had to tell the truth, and you had to pick a dude spitting better than you do, can't do it. Sway, talk to it. See what I'm saying? Like, that dude could fucking flow. So, all right, let me let me get into this, uh, oh, shit. I have that fucking, uh, I just thought about this last minute, so. Uh, fuck. I know I had a CZW theme. Blood cry. Right here, shaking your bones and breaking. Yeah, yeah. Life's not seen like this crowd. We're gonna battle of this side. Ring fear, ring the war. think it was a really good show um i i've heard some people giving the main event more credit than it deserves in my opinion and i've heard people shitting on the rest of the card more than i think it deserves so you know like i said a little bit of uh kind of lopsided as far as i i could see now the opening match should really really have um a lot more you know talk about it because Leo Rush and Joey Janela tore it the fuck up. And uh, they also have a rematch time for uh, KJ Beth, which will be very good, and then hopefully it'll get the, the credit it deserves. But um, Janela defended his title against Leo Rush. These two dudes are the fucking future. I mean, they're, they're really going to make some fucking waves in CZW for years to come. And I, I shouldn't have said CZW. In the, uh, in the wrestling world for years to come, because, you know, who knows if they're going to be around in CZW. Come fucking next year, for all I know. Um, you know, big, big shit's going to happen for these dudes, both of them. Um, you know, there's already tons of dream matches that I like to see this one in and that one in. Um, they're, they're just two tremendously talented uh, guys. If you fucking see the spot that, that Rush did in that match, man, he did a fucking a dive to the outside over the fucking guardrail with with fucking just Janela over the other side of that guardrail. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy. I mean, you know, some some people take shit like that for granted, but I mean that that dude's a fucking young cat in the game, and the fucking the the danger in that fucking spot 
You know what I mean? The risk you're taking, because you undershoot that shit, you're dying on that fucking guardrail. I mean, that, that's not that's not some old young shit, man. That's that's um that's some crazy shit right there. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend. I mean, if you're able to go back and see that match, I would definitely check out that match. Don't just sleep on the card because people are shitting on it. Um, that that's one of those matches, and and like I said, rematch at Cage of Death is is money, man, because those two, you know, this will wind up getting lost in a card that, that doesn't get the the type of buzz that, like, Cage of Death will get. Um, you know, I, I think a lot because of the main event. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get at the fucking main event. But um, but definitely check out Janela and Rush. Uh, these, these guys kill it. And um, just, I mean, that's fucking crazy-ass spot. Um so, yeah, um, next up was uh, Greg Excellent beating Connor Claxton. It's a pretty short match. Uh, Greg Excellent is doing his new gimmick where he, he's, like, dead fucking serious. So go from, like, funny, jokey guy to, you know, never serious guy to dead fucking serious Greg Excellent. Um, and I like it. I do like it. I think he's got to really, really focus on being as vicious as he could possibly be, just like – to the point where people are starting to go like what the fuck man like that shit wasn't that wasn't cool man like I think that shit is like he must not like that dude that's the type of stiff he should be you know to carry this fucking gimmick and like expressionless and that's how he's kind of been he's kind of just like you know how he used to fucking smile and joke and do all that crazy shit he's kind of just just giving these motherfuckers like no expression and, and just you know, reacting, like, you know, wrestling-wise, like, like coming at him. Um, so, I don't know. I like it. Like I said, it was a little short. Um, and he finished doing it with the clover leaf, and then he wouldn't let go and all that shit. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like the direction he's going. He's actually fighting um, Tony Nese at, at Cage of Death. So, yeah, like I said, I, I would... Um, I would like to see him go in, a, in just, like, a real vicious direction, you know, and just, like, fucking heartless fucking brutality and shit. Because, uh, you know, Greg can go. I've always said that. And that was the problem I had with um, with the whole Dick Justice thing. Uh, maybe Dick Justice could do a couple little fucking quack arm drags and this and this. And it just, I, I don't think the dude can go, like, to the extent of, like, what Greg could do. Uh, you know, so when it comes down to these guys squaring off and then doing the big slow motion and this and that. And it just looks like two fat dudes who can't wrestle doing some comedy shit. And I know that Greg could do so much more than that. And again, people will say differently about Dick Justice. That's, that's their prerogative. And they could, you know, Hey man, more power to him. You know, he gets over people. He gets over people. That's fine. That type of dude is never going to be someone who entertains me. But um, you know, Greg could he's so multi talented that he can he can work fucking matches, you know, that you'd be like, Oh shit, you know? And he could do the the funny shit. And he's been doing the funny shit for years and I think he's kinda got as they say typecasted where people people forget and they, they seem to think that's all he could do. And that's not the case at all. Um so yeah, that that's what they're doing. Um next up was uh T V ready beating Nation of Intoxication. This was alright. Um you know, you know, it was all right. You know, it didn't stand out, you know, as, as like the best match on the card or anything like that. Um, 
you know, some of the some of the card was just kind of thrown together like that. That really didn't have any base to it other than, I guess, you know, to build TV ready a little bit more because now they're going into getting the tag title shot. So you know, it makes sense in that aspect. But again, you know, was what it was. You know, not terrible, but not you know nothing to write home about. Um. So then, uh, what was up next? Let me see. Um, must be in the fish. Um, then you had uh, Joe Gacy and Tim Downs. I've said this time and time again. I don't give a motherfuck about this feud. Tim Downs bores the shit out of me. Um, the only match that I liked him in was um, the one with fucking Janela because he he just fucking Janela just killed himself. You know what I mean, like he was just he was bumping all over the place and it made um, it made Downs just look like a fucking murderer. And um, yeah, that that was a good shit. So, um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan. Um, I like Gacy, but I don't like the pairing at all. So hopefully this will be the end of that feud at Cage of Death as an uh, as an I quit match, and then hopefully uh, they can quit putting this fucking match on the card. Um, so there's that. Uh, next up was Ar Fox and Danny Havoc. Uh, this was this was okay. This was one of those matches that kind of could have went either way where, you know, it could have been absolute gold or kind of kind of fell into, um, like, an awkward space where it didn't really take off. And because, um, you know, it's a huge styles clash. You got, you know, a ultra-violent monster like Danny Havoc. I mean, the dude's one of the best deathmatch guys in the fucking business. And then you have one of the best high flyers in the business, and they are Fox. And, and I think it was a little bit on the awkward side. You know, a couple crazy spots in there, but um, this one could be better. I'd like to see those two work a couple more matches, honestly, because uh, I'm a fan of the Styles Clash matches. And, again, you get one of the best from this side and one of the best from that side. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get the, the real chemistry, but I think, like, the, that type of, you know, mix of styles could be fucking gold. Um, you know, like back in the day, that, that fucking Necro and Samoa Joe match is still one of my favorite matches I've ever seen live for sure, and uh, just overall, I mean, it really just came together, you know, with this dude just being super stiff, and this dude, you know, willing to die and shit, and, you know, bringing the the hardcore element, it, it was really, really cool shit, and um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Styles Clash matches. Um, next up was uh, Team Tremendous defeating uh, the Hooligans to, def- to defend the tag team titles. Now, look, the Hooligans, to me, I think are a great, great team to be in CZW. I thought this match was good. I didn't think it really disappointed or anything like that. I really think this was the match that should have happened at Cade Death. Um, I think the hooligans were so long awaited in CZW, it almost disappears into the to the year, you know, in the in the archives of CZW. It, it almost disappeared as the hooligans were there, but eh, was it was it when they counted or was it? you know, all the months that they were being begged to show up. No, I mean, I, bring them in whenever you can. It's fine. I, I was fine with it. But, again, I, I think you get kind of get lost in the moment as far as um, Night of Infamy, the month before the Cage of Death. Everything just kind of, you know, blurs together a little bit. If you, it, It's hard. Night of Infamy should be your final build show. It should really put together the final pieces of what Cage of Death is going to be. Um you know, Matt Tremont um, should have not been 
stuck in some kind of two-month fucking or, or one-month two-match feud with the fucking guy that he spent a year feuding with already. You know, it made zero fucking sense. You had all the guys. Now, honestly, the Fox booking kind of made some sense um, because, you know, and again, if this fucking company would spend two putting together a few promos to make their fucking work look like something or mean something, that shit would make a whole world of fucking difference. If Fox got on the mic, and cut a fucking promo between last month and this month and said, I'm going into Cage of Death next month. Anyone who thinks that I can't hang with the fucking bulldozer, that I can't hang with fucking with Masada, with these guys, anyone who thinks I can't fucking hang with that, you fucking send anybody at me. You send any one of these deathmatch guys, I'll fucking hang with anybody. And fucking have Danny Havoc walk into the frame. And, and say, oh, anybody, huh? And I go, yeah, 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 well, you know, why, what's up with you? You know what I mean? And then, boom, you got that match. And now it makes fucking sense because it's like Fox trying to show what the fuck the deal is and trying to show that he's about to step up to the plate and, and what KJ Death is about to be. And, you know what I mean? It's just the, the tiniest little thing like that. It's not, you know, promo gold or anything like that, but it puts the pieces together a little bit to make your company look like it gives a fuck about its own story. You obviously have to piece something together with, you know, Gage going to prison and shit, but at least use the time that you have left to build that cage of death match, and you didn't have much time, and they used most of that time to rehash a feud that nobody gave a fuck about with DJ Hyde fighting Matt fucking Dreamont. Nobody gave a fuck about that. Nobody gave a fuck about that, because that was one of the, I know we ain't the main event yet, but that was one of the deadest fucking crowds I ever heard. I've seen pictures I saw a picture of fucking um, DJ being suplexed or, or Tremont being suplexed on the chairs on the outside, and the crowd standing there looking like they were fucking waiting for the bus. You know what I mean? They didn't give a fuck. You could hear it through the fucking speakers on my fucking computer watching the fucking eye pay per view. They didn't give a fuck about that match. But that's DJ wanting to get himself over. That's DJ having a ride to fucking having a ride to fucking wave. Oh, Tremont's on fire. He's got the title, this and that. Oh fuck. Well, I, I gotta get myself involved again. That that's fucking DJ. No one wants to see that shit. So okay, anyway. Next up was um must and again, I hope they bring back the hooligans. I think they're still great in C Z W and um yeah. So um Masada uh, beat Drew Gulak. This this was not their best match. This really wasn't. I mean, uh, Gulak went for the injured knee and all this, but really, I mean, when, when Gulak beat Masada for the title back then, that shit was a million times better work of the same type of shit. Like, he, he attacked the knee back then, too, but that match back then was fucking awesome. And this one just really didn't pop. You know, um, I liked Masada's match against Rory a whole lot better than I liked his match against Drew. Um, you know, as far as, you know, his recent matches back that have been more along the lines of, of, um, you know, pure wrestling, which is fine. I have zero problem with that, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I just wasn't that big on this match and I like both guys a lot. Um, so, uh, Dave Christ addressed the combat zone. He came out, um, he had two new dudes with him, uh, 
JT Davidson was, uh, I guess that's the like manager dude. Then you have Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Uh, yeah, those dudes with him. And then um, Desmond Xavier, the Aaron Williams, and you know, hey man, these these guys are talented and everything, but I, I'll be damned if this shit isn't turning into like a rock star pro, man. They they must be deep as fuck in that car. I don't know if they got a couple cars or what, a minivan or some kind of shit, but there's a lot of Ohio being uh, brought in right now, which which is good. But, um, you know, I definitely I want to see some fucking East Coast talent that we haven't got that much of in CZW. The fucking hit squad, man. They're being booked like crazy and fucking beyond now, where most places aren't even fucking booking them as, as the hit squad. You know, they're, they've more or less broken off where, like, even in Jersey All-Pro, where those guys were home, um, they had a little, you know, reunion type thing on uh, Frank's show, and that was for Frank. But previous to that, PWS has Moff, and they, they weren't letting them go over there and work uh, Jersey All-Pro anymore, and, and that's where uh, Monster Mac was still. So you don't get many places that you can even see the hit squad anymore, and they're reignited. Moff looks like a beast. Monster Mac's doing his fucking thing, man. Like, he's really stepped up. Um, this this is a fucking this is this is money to get that shit going right now. Fucking um, Team Pazuzu killing it everywhere on the fucking East Coast. Just not in CZW. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And, and regardless of what the issue is, politics, this that nonsense, they got to come to terms with that shit with Dickinson, man, because he's on motherfucking fire. You get these East Coast guys. I think um, another guy who I think really big. Um, I, I think will work for CZW a lot is the dude uh, Smiley. I think he's out of uh, Red's Fed over House of Glory. And um, I like the dude. I've seen him on the Jersey All-Pro show. I think he, he's he's got some, like, crazy innovative spots. And uh, he's a good, you know, he's a good worker in the ring. I think you can get some really good, unique matchups in CZW with him. And I, I think he would fit really well. And he's not a guy that's, you know, plastered all over everybody's card. So, again, it, it stands along the lines of a little more unique. Um, but, hey, man, I just – it's cool. It's just like like I said, if you oversaturate with, you know, with, with just from one area, it, it's crazy, especially if you're le- leaving out, you know, people from right up the street and shit like this that are setting everything on fire. Um, so, uh, Desmond Xavier versus Aaron Williams, Desmond Xavier won. It wasn't too bad. It was all right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to see them do a little bit more with Aaron Williams. They had him in best of the best. Um, and, uh, you know, he lost early and, uh, actually injured himself pretty good in that. And then, uh, you know, spent a, a lot of time out, took him a while for them to bring him back and he's been back and they haven't really, uh, you know, put him over very much, but, um, I like to see him accomplish a lot more in CZW. He's he's really good, talented dude. Um, uh, Dave Chris beat uh, Sozio. You know, this is our. I mean, it really started to get a little bit tedious because I mean, how many matches were we into the, the night at this point? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like nine matches, and that's not counting the uh, the broken up. Um, Gacy Tim Dons thing, so you know that that's you know before the, even the main event or anything like this, so it was all right. But um, again, it was getting like all right already. Um, 
So then, fucking DJ fucking Hyde. What the father fucking fuck? Fuck this father fucker. This shit is wasting my time. DJ Hyde, fuck you. Exactly. Um, this fucking guy decides he needs to be in the fucking main event. And I don't care what anybody says, man. If you like this for the sake of fucking violence, then, you know, I guess that that's fine. Maybe, you know, your standards aren't too high or whatever the case is. And Tremont's fucking awesome. Everybody knows that. He's one of the fucking... I mean, he put fucking deathmatch wrestling on his back at a certain point where there was a lot of people gone. There was a lot of people that left, a lot of people gone. And, um... Fuck man, he he really put shit on his back and and took shit to to a new level. And I mean his promo ability, his his ring work. I mean he he's really done tremendous things for deathmatch wrestling. DJ Hyde's never done a motherfucking thing for deathmatch wrestling other than booking it in his fucking grandmother's backyard. DJ Hyde does not belong in the fucking ring. I don't care. How much he decides, because it's his company, he'll do what he wants. I don't give a motherfuck, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anyone wants to see you. And that's not a heel thing. That's a you're not talented as a wrestler thing. He's one of the most slow, non-athletic dudes I've fucking seen. Like, he's not, he doesn't have any, there's no intensity in DJ Hyde. There's none. There, there's nothing exciting or energetic about him. Like, he doesn't ever look excited to be there. He just kind of goes out there and does the best he can. But it's it's just, and it, you know, it, it's just a ton of shit in the ring for the sake of having a ton of shit in the ring. Because this isn't a fucking blow-off feud. This is something you threw together, and within two fucking matches in one month, you decided you need to have some big fucking death match. For fucking what? For what? That's the thing. I'm not one of those guys that just needs to see a death match every second for the sake of having a death match. It's fine if you have two fucking, you know, ultra-violent fucking monsters, you know, in there tearing each other the fuck up. That's not what this was. This is fucking DJ forcing fans to deal with him in the fucking ring. I mean, you know, you put all that shit in the fucking ring for a blow-off to something. Not, hey, remember we used to feud? Well, now we're going to have a match in Ohio and then have a a, a no contest, and then we're going to have another blow-off of the one match that we just had in the fucking... Get the fuck out of here, man. The fuck out of here. Why do you need to be so fucking noticed? And and you heard the fucking crowd reaction. It was fucking dead. It was garbage because nobody gives a fuck about DJ Hyde in the ring. That that's just the fucking bottom line. And I really, really, uh, I wish he would one day realize that shit. That he gains fucking animosity towards his company, towards the product as a whole, because he force feeds himself down motherfuckers' throats. No Beckham. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, let me, all right, let me go into the other side of things that I was talking about. Because Michael Adecchio, you know, a uh, big, big fan. He, he doesn't miss a fucking show over there. You know, buys the $85 jacket, the whole, uh, you know, fan experience he does over there. Um, but this dude, he posts some shit on his wall. Let me see what this says here. Um, I got to scroll back down here. It's not too far, though. 
if the, my fucking iPad would stop reloading and skipping it to the top of the fucking screen. And let me see, I'm almost right here. So he said, uh, last night's CZW show was terrible. He said, main event was great, and there were a few other good things throughout the night, but that's about it. There's a point when CZW was like nothing else. Now it's become like every other company. Now, again, I completely disagree with the main event was great. I think that's just a a blood for the sake of being blood, because if you look at even the pictures of Michael Adecchio's face during the fucking match, he didn't look excited when the shit was going on. So, I don't fucking know. I don't want to put words in his mouth, because he said himself that he liked the main event. But, um... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I had heard, uh, you know, a bunch of people during the main event going, this is fucking boring to me and shit. And, um, you know, so anyway, a bunch of people post shit. And, you know, obviously I, I post a couple of my DJ pictures, you know, posing with fucking Mickey Mouse. Drool coming out the side of his fucking mouth. Um, and a, bu- a bunch of people are saying that, like, you know, the show is shit, the fucking, the shit's terrible, DJ should be embarrassed, um, another, another one of the dudes that, you know, sit over there with him, says, uh, terrible show, DJ should be embarrassed, the sinking ship is not anyone else's fault, but an incompetent owner who puts too much value in the opinions of nobodies like Preacher and Rob Dimension, at the end of the day, he's to blame, since it's his company, Mid-2014 to now have been the worst times ever for CZW. Hopefully he doesn't mind losing roughly $500 in ticket sales and merch without us showing up in the future. He acts like he doesn't give a damn about the fans. Charging extra for tickets, yet having shitty shows every month. So, I mean, this is something that people are saying, I don't know shit about Preacher or Rob Dimension or, you know, what their input is. So I'm not echoing any of that. But I'm saying, like, these are guys who show up every month, and this is what they're saying is, fuck this show this is garbage, you should be embarrassed, all this shit. There's a bunch of other people in this thread that are also saying, like, that's why I stopped going, I haven't been there anymore, um, you know, I haven't been here since such and such because of that shit, it's garbage, da da da, da. right? Now, again, here, here's the, here's the, um, let me see, um, yeah, here, here's the other thing where, you know, I, I got to call DJ out for not being a genuine fucking dude. He always tries to be too cool for the fucking room. And when he had his fucking shoot interview, he addressed because he was asked about Joker. And Joker came on my show. It was my show he was talking about. And he came on my show and absolutely buried DJ. I didn't fucking call Joker or I didn't hit Joker up and be like, please come on my show and bury fucking DJ. Joker wanted to do that. He specifically wanted to do that and hit me up to fucking bury DJ because he wanted to fucking bury DJ when he was walking away from wrestling because of bullshit DJ was doing and he was just tired of the fucking drama and the nonsense. And it was all circled around DJ. You can go back and listen to the archives of what the fuck the show was about, right? DJ goes on his shoot. And instead of saying anything about Joker, who called him every name under the fucking sun, he goes, yeah, Joker went on some blog show, ran by some Mark. Like, first off, I don't know about any Mark kind of shit you're talking about, because, motherfucker, you know, 
I, I'm not like these other fucking cock-sucking shows that has you on and goes, oh, DJ, it was the best match ever that you had when you did the syringes in your face. Like, you know, that's a fucking mark. The people who blow you on the fucking shows and are fake as fuck, and then when you're not around, say some different shit. You know what I mean? Those are fucking marks. So the only reason you want to say mark is because you want to try to disrespect somebody that that really has only been honest. You know what I mean? And it and, and just doesn't cater to your bullshit. You don't want to say shit about Joker because he'll fucking see you and then, and then it'll be a different story, right? Because that, that's someone you have something a little more personal link with. But you try to brush that under the rug and you say on the fucking shoot, Oh no, yo, no, we're like brothers. Like sometimes we don't see eye to eye, but you know we're we're cool and we're like family. We're you know we're like family. Like some stuff is said, but like we're family. Fucking Joker, every time DJ Hyde comes up, goes on my fucking post and comments, I hate this motherfucker with every fiber in my being. This dude said every time I see his picture, I want to crush my phone. That's what this motherfucker says, right? So. This this is just DJ being fucking DJ, though. You know, everybody's fucking family. Everybody's fucking brothers, except for the majority of these motherfuckers don't even like it. So what happens? This, this, this thread is going on and on, right? And here's the funniest part. Joker shows up on, on, a, on the comments, and here's what he posts. I truly miss the Zandig days when people coming in worked so fucking hard to be accepted, and John was no one to fuck with. DJ is just a pushover piece of shit that is more worried about his angle than anybody else. Case in point, when he brought in the Briscoes for Philly's Most Wanted, they had had them slotted for at least five months with us, but did nothing to prep or maintain the story. Same thing with Kingston and Homicide. I did love what I do, but honestly... Because of that fuck, I do not miss it anymore. So, that was fucking what Joker said. The very next comment was when DJ showed up. And, of course, he's not going to address fucking Joker. Because, again, he he doesn't want any fucking problems with that dude. But he's going to talk to everybody else like they're fucking dumb. And he's going to type like an orangutan. So, here's what he says. Now, I'm going to try to read it like DJ typed it. Normally, I don't comment, which is spelled C-O-O-M-E-N-T, puts a word that says Butwell, and that's B-U-T, capital W-E-L-L. I will say this. I agree with some things said and disagree with others. There is much you guys don't know or understand about the backside of things, and I get it. Here's the next line. You are more than happy to express your opinions. Like, what the fuck, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, I won't get into some debate over X or Y or praise or badmouth anything. Some people like the show and some don't. I, I just wanted you to know I saw your comments as I do care about our fans, etc., which I know you guys are. And then my buddy Paul, which, look, I, I love Paul. Paul's a good dude. No Beckham. But um, he puts, that was handled well. I respect that. So watch, I had to respond. If by handled well you mean type like an orangutan, then, yes, he handled that well. You know, because, come on, man. 
that, that was not handled well. Like, what the fuck did that statement even mean? He's just showing up for the sake of showing up like he does in main events and fucking, you know, or on the mic, you know, to forget J.C. Bailey's name to start off a fucking a memorial show, you know, because he had to be on the mic. Just, just all this bullshit. He, he invites himself to shit for no fucking reason and doesn't perform. That, that's basically what DJ's fucking role and everything is. So he shows up for the sake of that. And it, like I said, it's followed by like, oh, you guys don't know what goes on, blah, blah. That was following a fucking worker who said this and this and this and this wasn't going on and this guy's a fucking piece of shit and he's worried about himself more than anybody else. Which is kind of what I'm fucking saying without being on the inside or really knowing and other guys who are on the inside are saying the same fucking thing. So you can call me wrong, you can call my blog show by some mark and all that other bullshit. Go on these other shows where they all blow you and pretend that you're a good wrestler and pretend like you're doing fantastic things. And there's other people who post just absolute fucking blasphemy. They go on your fucking thing. I saw where fucking a dude went on your fucking page or, or Twitter or some fucking thing that you reposted and said, Zandig ain't got shit on you. You're the most hardcore guy in that fucking locker room, which is complete shit. They're either fucking trolling you or they're fucking, or they've had head, head trauma or they've had a fucking serious fucking head injury that, that's, that's fucking held them back from thinking properly because if you really, if anybody on the fucking planet thinks you're the most hardcore motherfucker in the locker room that exists with Matt Tremont, Masada, and fucking Danny Havoc in it, you're fucking high. It's fucking crazy. And to, to repost that shit and share that shit and fucking, oh, thank you so much, instead of being humble for two fucking seconds and going, oh, man, you know, I appreciate the compliments, but my guys fucking dream on Masada and stuff like that, you know, fucking big up to them or like, no, you just fucking take it and you act like it's fucking gospel. And this is the bullshit that pumps your head up to think you belong in the fucking main event because the guy either fucking trolls you or, or you're talking to someone who wears a fucking helmet out of the house. You know what I mean? This, this is the type of shit that we're talking about. And hey, man, it is your company. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You want to run in the fucking ground? Run in the fucking ground. It is what it is, man, but fucking you did no favors, no favors for Cage of Death to fucking put yourself in a fucking main event for two shows, favors. I don't even know if it was, I don't think it was the main event on the uh, the Jake Chris show but in Ohio, but either way, no fucking favors. It, it, it's just absolute fucking garbage, man, and, and this, this is just a continuous trend that, that you're going to keep up. So, you know what I mean? Fuck this motherfucker. This shit is wasting my time. DJ Hyde, fuck you. Right. So, you know, this is the thing, too. Here, here goes. Fucking spoiler alert prediction. Fucking breaking news. Fucking give me fucking six months without fucking Sammy Callahan versus DJ Hyde. Can you fucking do it? Can you fucking do it? Can you keep yourself out of the motherfucking ring with Sammy Callahan for six fucking months? Can you not ride that motherfucker's heat like you've ridden fucking Tremont, like you rid Adam Cole, like you fucking every fucking buddy who caught fire in that fucking company that you needed to attach yourself to? Can, can you do it? Can you manage that? I bet not. But it's your company, so you can do whatever the fuck you want. I get it. I know. I understand. So, anyway, um, take your death. Let me see. 
Page of fucking death. Um, let me bring up the uh, the card right quick. Uh, I'll be there. Fucking Cage of death. Um, it's a doubleheader. They got the uh, the student show, the the dojo war thing in the afternoon. I'm there. I I can't imagine that I'll ever do another fucking um, doubleheader in my life. Um, I just I just can't imagine. Um, let me see. Um, they got. Let me see. Sammy returns to Cage of Death. Um, so who knows what he's gonna do there? Look, David Starr has been, um, you know, uh, lobbying for a match, lobbying for a match, lobbying. He wants Sammy. He wants Sammy. He wants Sammy. I'm telling you right now that. There is no fucking way that there should be any type of legitimate match put on with Sammy at Cage of Death. He's not going to gain a fucking thing from having any type of classic match at Cage of Death. He's going to be the most over guy in that fucking building, hands down. Hands fucking down. I don't think that there's another guy on the planet you can march into that building that would blow Sammy's reaction out of the water. Not that night. I I really think that that's about the biggest reaction you could get is Sammy Callahan being in that fucking building. So, if David Starr comes out and calls him out, Sammy should come out there and squash that dude within a minute. Dead, like fucking gone, and get on the mic and cut his fucking welcome home promo. Then, he should go away. The rest of the show continues. I think after the main event, Sammy should attack the champion, set up, uh, you know, Tremont, Callahan for uh, February or, um, you know, if they're, you know, if they're putting the belt on Masada or, you know, whoever, it should be Sammy versus that in February. Apparently, they're taking January show off. I read some kind of thing that said, uh, you know, they uh, DJ is, this is like pre-W Insider posted some shit saying that, uh, you know, DJ's had a hard time figuring out what to do after uh, Gage went to prison and uh, and uh, Speedball went to Mexico or whatever, which I didn't even know Speedball went to Mexico. I don't think anything would have made a difference if Speedball was still there. Like I said, the dude lacked fucking charisma and personality altogether, and I don't think they could have really, um, you know, based the company on, on what he was doing. I think if they tried to, it would have it would have failed pretty badly. Um, you know, he has his limitations. He definitely does. I mean, he's a talented, you know, in-ring dude, but, you know, he's kind of, he's got kind of a one-track style. His whole thing, I mean, his matches all kind of look the same to me. And then, you know, like I said, there's no promo ability. There's no personality. It's it's all just pretty, uh, pretty bland. I mean, any type of personality that comes out, I mean, he's kind of corny. So, you know, it is what it is, but I don't think uh, speedball would have really changed a whole lot. Obviously, Gage, you know, was a big deal, but they weren't really getting full value out of Gage anyway. So I think the CZW's, um, their actual, um, you know, storylines and uh, their identity wasn't there with or without Nick Gage. I mean, Gage just got home, and he, he tore it the fuck down in several other companies, not CZW. So, you know, I... I wouldn't blame shit on everybody else. And I, again, I don't know what was actually said by DJ or what was made up by the, uh, you know, the, the, the little site there. But um, for sure, I could say that. Um, yeah, 
he, he probably should take some time and, and really figure out his direction for this company. But, um, you know, I mean, telling everybody that he's taking January off to figure out his direction and, and the talent and this and that, it, it is kind of, um, you know, admitting to the world that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But uh, everybody did know that that's watching the shows and commenting and saying the things that we're saying. So, um, like I said, uh, Tony Nese versus Greg Excellent. I'm pretty excited for that. I think he could be very good, you know, with Greg Excellent's uh, dead fucking serious, uh, you know, uh, change of uh, change of mood, so to speak. Now, I, you know, as I'm looking at the website here, they should probably take the ear-to-ear smile Greg Excellent off of there and get, like, maybe a promo shot of him looking pretty fucking serious because – Big, happy, smiling Greg Exlin is not the guy who's facing um, Tony Neese. So, you know, just just um, just a random comment on that. Um, you have the Beaver Boys versus the Amazing Gulaks, which should be a really good matchup. Um, yeah, that that's going to be good there. Danny Havoc versus Ricky Shane Page, a guy who. At fucking tournament of death, him and Danny Havoc had the best match of the entire fucking tournament in the first round. Ricky Shane Page got a please come back champ. Please come back. Please come back. DJ, not so much. Not going to fucking happen. Hasn't fucking done it. That was like July. I, I believe tournament of death was July. Um, Josh Crane also got a welcome back champ. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, I mean, fucking Scott Summers got a... Please come back, Chan, a couple of years ago. And I guess DJ thought that they meant, like, uh, you know, on-point wrestling because he, he's, he's come there a few times and he's tore it up there, but not back to CZW for whatever reason. Um, so a lot of times this shit just doesn't stick. The fans are telling him in very, very clear English, hey, that guy you brought in, we want to see more of that fucking guy. And DJ just sits on it like he, he didn't hear anything, which is – pretty fucking ridiculous so they're now bringing them back all these months later and um with their grand amount of creativity they're giving you the same matchup that they gave you at tournament of death which i think will be good because again two tremendously talented guys danny havoc one of the best in the fucking business and ricky shane page who was you know a, a pretty fresh face in czw having only worked there once before and um hey man this could be good so there's that um, Tim Donst and Joe Gacy, I already told you how I feel about that. Um, Joey Janela and Leo Rush tore the fuck up at last show. I expect this to be really good, too. Um, you got Team Tremendous defending their titles against TV Ready at G's and uh, Pepper Parks. That could be good, too. Um, and then you got the main event of uh, Matt Tremont, Masada, A.R. Fox, and Devin Moore. And I really think that they're going to do some special shit in that um, in that cage. Um, you know, and they talked up, y'all, it's going to be the sickest structure you've ever seen and this and that. So, you know, if this is a pretty basic cage, if this isn't some really over-the-top crazy structure-wise, they need to stop saying that. Because Cage of Death 5 was fucking bananas. I mean, that structure, I don't think you could ever top that fucking structure. Because, it, you know, it had two fucking rings, which, you know, you can't really fit in the skate zone. Uh, two fucking rings, one full of thumbtacks, 
a suspended cage above that led to the one fucking cage, and then the whole shit and trap doors that fucking led down to the other thumbtack fill cage. I mean, it was just fucking crazy. I don't know that you could really top that. But again, hey, man, you know, I'll give you all the leeway to, you know, innovate, do some new shit, but definitely stop saying that this is going to be the craziest structure you've ever seen, knowing what's happened in the past and stuff. So that's, you know, that's just that. Um, I'm looking forward to Kate to death. Obviously, um, you know, I got another show before then, so I'll probably be going right back over all this shit. Yeah, maybe play a couple promos or something. I'm going to see what I can do for a guest next week. I'm having a little bit of difficulties with guests uh, lately. I ain't going to lie to you. But, um, you know, it is what it is. This is, uh, you know, part of podcasting is uh, is, is the uh, whole guest situation, which is, which is kind of tough because, you know, as far as a wrestler goes, it is free promotion and all that. But that, that's where it begins and ends. You know, there's no money behind it. There's no anything like that. And then, uh, you know, on my side, you know, I, I get to do interviews with these guys, and I always appreciate that, and uh, I enjoy doing it. But, you know, you really rely on it, and you rely on, like, this dude coming through at that time and and, and actually coming through because, again, it's not like he's skipping a payday. He's just not calling some fucking dude on a, on a podcast. So, um, you know, you, you kind of ride a lot on it on, you know, the show doing what it's supposed to do by, uh, you know, the people calling in like they're supposed to. And uh, you know to line up your schedule with their schedule and all that, and I'm and I'm honestly pretty limited. I work six days a week, fucking nine to six, nine to five on Saturday, but nine to six the rest of the week. I'm off on Sunday. That's it, man. I got three kids. You know, I I, I train in the fucking gym. You know, all week. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of different shit I do. Um, a lot of these people you hear on these fucking podcasts, that's all they got, man. They they do like a fucking job in a podcast and that's it. They don't they don't do a whole lot of shit. No kids, all that. I'm not saying nobody who has a podcast has kids. I'm just saying a lot of them, they don't really got a lot of shit going on in their life. This is this is something I enjoy doing, but this isn't this is definitely not my whole life by any stretch of the imagination. That's why um you know, I, I just don't take it the same way that um you know, a lot of people take it. So it is what it is, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to get some uh, a, a guest for next week. I have something in mind, and hopefully it pans out. If it does, it does. It does. If it doesn't, I'm not gonna mention it because I haven't even asked them yet. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, but yeah, shout out to uh, the Sports Den that was on last night. But uh, and check their archives out. Check out Andrew Carlock and anything he's doing over there. Hey man, if you want to buy one of these Andy shirts, hit me up. I'll probably have some, you know, with me in the car in Cage of Death. If anyone wants to get one, they haven't got one yet, hit that up. Go back, check out our archives because my homie Jeremy, man, he's really fucking hooking the shit up. He's going in there and he is fucking throwing detailed descriptions on all these backlog fucking episodes. I have always been on the lazy side of that shit and never really got around to going back, listening to my shit, uh, you know, typing out detailed, you know, descriptions on the shows that I've done. It's just kind of tedious and everything, and, man, he's doing all that fucking work for me, and I really appreciate it. But for the listeners, it's so much fucking better because, you know, as time goes on and more and more of these get updated, you just go into the archives and you look and be like, oh, shit, he had this on this day. He had this guy on. What did they talk about? And you can see these are some of the topics covered. Or you just want to go check on some of my solo archives, you know, I'll tell you some of the things I talked about, some of the things I rant about, 
Um, you know, different things. You want to go back, you know, good, pretty good listens, man. I've uh, And shit, man, my archives go back. You know, I've been sober for a little over two years. I was drunk for a lot of these fucking shows previous to that. So, I mean, if that type of thing entertains you, then uh, there's there's probably a lot of wild shit you can pull out of that stuff, too. But, um, you know, is what it is. Go back, check that shit out. Um, also, um, also with the help of Jeremy, we've um, we've relaunched, and it never really went away, but the activity was definitely gone. The um, the group page, the um, the the Yakuza Kick Facebook group. So anybody you want to add, go fucking add them up on there. Go start up some conversation. You know, get some shit going. Talk about whatever the fuck you want in there. Um, you know, get conversations going. It, it also helps with show topics too. So it could be a group like everybody else. Everybody talks. Knows bar. Just don't you know? Don't beat the shit. You know. Uh, no Facebook bullying or whatever the fuck, but you know, go in there, talk your shit, throw your opinions out on anything you want, start up, you know, whatever chats you want, add whoever the fuck you want. Just don't add people, you know, don't add wrestlers that don't want to be added to shit. If it's somebody, you know, in the business or something, add them before, you know, ask them before you add them type shit. You know what I mean? I never want anything I'm doing to be harassing anybody else. So just take it as that because a lot of people don't like this fucking being added to shit that no one's asking about. And, um, you know, just keep it good that way. And, um, yeah, yeah, and like I said, it's good for uh, topics and all that shit. And there's, there's a lot of bullshit groups on the fucking Facebook. So give ours a shot over there and, uh, you know, get some conversation going. I think that's about all I got for this week. So um, let me see. Um, where the fuck? All right, because I, I want to hit that thing one more time. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I think it's up here. I get lost at this goddamn soundboard. What can I tell you? Limited on the side of being a professional with this, uh, well, where the fuck? Oh, there it is. There we go. Fuck this motherfucker. This shit is wasting my time. DJ Hyde, fuck you. Yes, absolutely. And then, um, like I said, I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. Fuck.
a sacred night to the back guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 